Hi friends, welcome to the next breakout session. My name is Megan and I'm so glad that you enjoyed, uh, joined me for a breakout on how to memorize scripture. Uh, my husband, Gene, and I work in the State College area. He works with the Penn State team and I volunteer in headquarters. I'm so eager to spend these 20 minutes with you because scripture memory is a habit that is near and dear to my heart. So let's pray and then I wanna share a story about how I've seen God use it. God, thank you for this time. Uh, please show us how delightful your word is and how stored up in our minds you can use it to bless us and to make disciples, God. Help my friends here to cultivate this habit, to know you better as we long for the day when we will see you face to face. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. What if you had straight scripture about who Jesus is that you could share when you meet a new person and you wanna tell them the good news about Jesus Christ? What if you could walk into a discipleship meeting ready to share in real time a specific passage from God's word? Have you ever been in a time of trial and longed to replace your thoughts with thoughts that are true and right and helpful? Well, let me share a story with you about how I've seen God's word stored away in our memory, used by him to meet us right where we're at. My sister is just seven years older than me, and she became a passionate Christian just a few years ago. Soon after that, we started memorizing whole books of the Bible together, and we finished Ephesians on her birthday. We were wrapping up with chapter six. It's all about the armor of God and how God clothes us to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And that evening after her birthday party ended and things quieted down, she found out that her husband had been with another woman for months. That night she couldn't sleep at all. But instead of thinking over that conversation she needed to have and what she might, might say, she rehearsed Ephesians over and over all night long. We had just finished it that day. And by the morning, she was ready to offer forgiveness she was ready to work towards restoration with her husband because God had clothed her with his armor. Or she was ready to go through a divorce if that's what her husband wanted with the peace that only God can really give. Friends, I wanna want you to see how amazing this is that God uses his word in our lives in amazing ways. And we're gonna see how scripture memory is just one avenue for God to do that. We'll see that the practice is biblical and that it's useful and that lastly, it's really attainable. One quick caveat before we get too deep into this, I've structured this breakout assuming that you love Jesus and that you see the good in spiritual disciplines. If you want to learn more about that, I'd recommend the book Habits of Grace or a breakout that I did with Liz Parker at Women's Conference called The Pipelines of Grace. In the next 20 minutes, we'll see that God actually commands meditation on his word. And we'll talk about how memorization is just one way to meditate. So you can look at Joshua 1, six through nine. That's the first scripture on your outline. We'll see why we should meditate on God's word in the first place. For some context, Joshua is Israel's leader when God is about to lead the people into the promised land. And God says to them, or says to Joshua as he's leading them, be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success." 
Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not, do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's make a few observations. First, it says, be strong and courageous. This is repeated three times. It's like the bookend of this pep talk. And one step in from that is another bookend, be careful to do all that is written. That's repeated twice. And then sandwiched in the middle is the answer to the question, how? How is Joshua to be strong and courageous and to be careful to do all that God has commanded? This is common in Hebrew writing structure. And the answer in the middle, you see it there? Meditate day and night. And memorization is simply a means to meditating on God's word day and night, like you saw in my sister's story. So that's your first fill-in. Memorizing God's word is a means to meditating on God's word. Memorizing is a means to meditating. Because if you have some passages in your mind, it's much easier to have your thoughts go there. If you spend time thinking about them, mulling over them, dissecting them, and cherishing them, That's meditating, and the Holy Spirit can use that to help you, just like it was to help Joshua to be strong and courageous and to be careful to do what the Father commands. So we memorize as a means to meditate. Next, let's just talk about how God uses memorized scripture in our lives. Uh, The next point in your outline is God's Spirit uses God's word to make disciples. This is really basic, right? Of course, God uses his word to make disciples. That's what we're about here. Not a new idea for us. His word is hopefully exactly where we go in our discipleship meetings. But to zoom in on scripture memory, God disciples us through his word all day long as his spirit brings things to mind that, we've memorized, that we have memorized and speaks to us through his word, just like he did for my sister. And I wanna illustrate just one way God uses his word to disciple us. This is the second passage on your scripture page. It's Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Look at the text. It says, God's word is lamp and light. Basically, it's said in two ways. God's word lights up our way. Have you ever had someone say, I don't know what God's will is. I wish I did. I don't know if I should do X or Y or Z. Maybe some of you just graduated and you're feeling that way. The psalmist declares that God's word is like high beams on a late night drive, showing us what's in front of us. So we go to God's word when we're searching out our next step and God takes his word and lights up our way. This is just one example of how God disciples us with the scripture that we've memorized. So let scripture memory be a tool that makes you all the more ready to witness and disciple according to the Bible. Because then you have God's words spoken through you. It's not just your own words. Isn't that what we long for, right? For people to know God himself. As I was writing this talk, God brought a passage to mind that I should share. It warns that having the scriptures in our mind is not enough. Listen to what Jesus says at the closing of the Sermon on the Mount. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a man who built his house on a rock. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone then who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a man who built his house on the sand. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Look, if we only hear the word and we have it in our minds, but it never gets to our hearts and out through our hands, then we're like the man who built his house, just ready to fall. God has given us his word and he is the rock. 
Please anchor this discipline in the desire to stand yourself on the rock, our God, to meditate on his word and to do his word, to have his word work in you and through you to make disciples. So we've seen how scripture memory is biblical, why we should memorize God's word, and we'll spend the rest of our time looking at how. And I'm gonna start with four principles. This is the next part of your outline, these four principles. Your scripture memorizing journey does not need to look just like mine. So please take these as what they are. They are simply recommendations, but I hope they're helpful. Number one, diversify your texts. The whole story of grace is from Genesis to Revelation. It's a variety of genres and authors. We have psalmists praising. We have Paul rejoicing in God's grace. We have God rebuking Job. Proverbs and James teaching on the wisdom and the power of the tongue. God's word is so full. So diversify your text. This could look like memorizing and alternating between Old and New Testament texts. Second, memorize whole books. Again, this is just a recommendation, so please do not feel scared off by this. But I can't say how helpful it is to understand Ephesians by knowing the whole flow of thought from chapters one to six. If you've done OIA Bible study with us, you know that context is huge. Imagine watching 20 seconds of a film. You wouldn't have the full picture of that scene, of that scene right? Because you wouldn't know what's coming after. You wouldn't know the backstory. So I love memorizing whole books. Um, but so far for me, that's only been a few short epistles. At the same time, it's really helpful to know some clear gospel verses. For example, Romans 6.23. Oh, this is a fill-in. Memorize clear gospel verses. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because when you feel condemned by your sin or you feel tempted to sin or you're doing outreach, the gospel of grace is exactly what you need. That is exactly what the whole world needs. So memorize clear gospel verses. And my fourth principle, memorize with other people. I found this to be so helpful. Like I said, my sister and I have been memorizing together. And in case at this point you're feeling like, oh, she's got this down, but I can't do this. Memorizing chapters or books of the Bible, it is so helpful to have a friend with you to provide accountability. During the time that we were memorizing Ephesians, which took five months, I had a baby that cried all day and all night. But the scripture I had memorized right before that pressed me on to keep memorizing because it was Job 38 and 39 where God responds to Job and his suffering. And then having my sister alongside me kept pressing me on as well because I want so much to encourage her and to be encouraged by her. So it's not always easy, but it's so good. And having a friend in it can really help. Aren't so many things in the Christian life like that? So you could ask a younger student you'd like to invest in or someone who's discipling you, or maybe you're graduating and you wanna keep in touch with your friends, find a group to memorize 2 Timothy over the summer. But how exactly do you go to memorizing something like 2 Timothy over the summer? We're gonna move back, uh, down into practicals, that list of seven practicals. I want you guys to know that this is attainable. And there's a difference between getting your permit and getting behind the wheel of the car. So once we talk about the practicals, we're gonna get behind the wheel together and memorize a bit. A practical number one, if you're memorizing something longer than a verse, I would recommend one to two verses a day or three verses for the whole week. And I should have probably made number one, make a plan. So you're welcome to write that down if you'd like. 
um, every day, write down the new verse or verses that you're memorizing and then say these at least 10 times out loud. But I would recommend as many times as to emphasize every important word in the verse. So for example, with Matthew 5, 3, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, let's say, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But I'd emphasize each word that's important. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And it helps you think about how that word fits into the sentence and what it means. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and so on. And you can add a cadence if you'd like. I can still remember most of Psalm 37 because my mom said it with this little lilt in her voice when I was a kid. Delight yourself in the Lord, trust in him and he will do this. You know, I could just go on because it's there, it's in my head. A cadence really helps. So I might say, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And you may choose to memorize the reference along with it. A lot of people like to do that so you can go reference the whole passage if it comes up in conversation. After you've said the verse at least 10 times, I would recommend going back to the beginning of the section you're memorizing that you're memorizing and review that whole part. So if I did Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, I'd go back three verses where Jesus says, or where it says, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of, there you go, see, it's not so hard. All of this could be the first five minutes when you sit down for breakfast. It could be a walk between class. One thing that has been helpful for me is to not allow myself any social media time until I've taken this initial effort to memorize because it helps my mind meditate on the true and right and helpful things right at the beginning of my day. Practical number six, you can take a Sabbath for memorizing. On Sunday, I usually don't add anything new. I just get to review all the things that I've been working on that week and any old, old passages that I've memorized. Because once you're done memorizing, you'll need to review a lot to keep the whole thing in your mind uh, and then just slowly lengthen the time in between your review. So let me warn you, if you rush this step um, and jump too quickly to an infrequent review, you may forget the passage as soon as you're done memorizing it. This can be discouraging if your hope is to hold on to the text for a long time. And you don't need permission from me, but just in case you are the kind of person that I am, you have permission to stop reviewing a text to move on to a new one. So at first, I'd recommend you recite the whole thing every day, maybe for weeks, and then every other day, and then once a week, and then every other week, and then maybe you'll be able to do it someday whenever it comes to mind. And in case you're worried about the time it would take to do this, Ephesians, which is about six chapters, takes about 20 minutes for me every other week. That's it. So whether you follow these recommendations to a T or you walk away with some big picture principles and start your own process, I hope you see that you can memorize scripture. Please reach out if this generates any questions about the process and I'd love to talk more. But first, let's memorize some scripture together. Please stand up. This is one practical that I didn't write down, but I cannot remember things that I'm practicing when I'm sitting down. So also this is your fourth talk of the day, I think. So I hope to stay awake. We're gonna do 2 Timothy 3.16. It's up there. This is from the book we're studying this week, right? It's from the talk this morning, and it's a driver passage. You'll see on your outline on the second page under our text that we looked at, there's a list of passages that I'd recommend memorizing that you could start with. Don't feel like you have to memorize all those. That's a list that you can start looking at and figuring one, one or two out. Um, but the ones that are bolded are driver passages. They talk about how the word is used in our lives. And this is one that I just think is really motivating. So I wanted to memorize it together. 
So our first practical was write it down, but we don't have time for that. So just pretend you wrote it down. Uh, and now we're going to say it several times. And Dan is going to make some of the words blue. And that's the word we're going to emphasize that time through. You ready? So read it with me. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. One quick note before we keep going. Try to look away as much as you can, because in the end, we're gonna look away and do the whole thing, okay? So keep trying. Let's do this one. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Now look at me or look up or close your eyes, whatever you're comfortable with. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for, 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 and for. Awesome. Give yourselves a hand. <laughs> okay, you can take a seat <laughs> as we wrap up. Great job, guys. See, you got behind the wheel. You can do this. Uh, and that's just one verse, but it is not the whole sentence. 2 Timothy 3.17 finishes the sentence uh, and answers the question for what purpose, right? That the man of God may be competent, competent, equipped for every good work. So I wanna challenge you all to review that verse, verse 16, and to add verse 17. And tomorrow, to add verse 17 and, and share with a friend here or somebody else who wasn't at this breakout. Um, and here's a bigger challenge after that. Find a friend and commit to memorizing this whole chapter or the whole book this summer. You will not regret it. I wanna wrap up with one more story. My sister and I memorized the Sermon on the Mount this spring. And around that time, her husband turned back to that woman and moved out. Within days of finding out and having him move out, she was meditating on this part of the Sermon on the Mount as we memorized it. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Friends, found your house on the rock. Cultivate this habit and do the words you memorize. Ask God to use his word in you to disciple you and to use you to make disciples. Let's pray.
God, thanks for this time. Lord, thank you that you are the rock, our God. Help us to build our houses on the rock. Help us to learn your word and to do your word. That we may prosper and that we may bring you a lot of glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.